Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcast. So welcome everyone to Thrash and Treasure, the podcast about musical theatre and heavy metal, because why not? I am your host, Gareth. I'm with Aaron. That's Aaron over there. Say hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. He does speak. How's it going? I just want to make it very clear that this is all Aaron's idea. And um, Oh, you push it onto me, why don't you? If, I, <laughs> if it's a car crash, I just want it all on you. I'm used to a car crash. I have my love life. <laughs> I thought we were going to save that for future episodes. That's all right. We can, we can get right into that. Before we uh, before we kick off, I just want to thank Death and Bloom for doing such an amazing job on our title music. My old school buddy. Your old school buddy. Thank you very much, Logan. Logan had a killer band. The song is called Samsara, and you can have a look on Spotify and grab it off there and hear the whole song. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing if you like the heavier side of things. Nope. Not me. <laughs> ah, this is why we're here. That's my job. So if you thought... Aaron would be doing musical theatre and I would be doing the thrash metal. You are absolutely wrong because where's the fun in that? Let's be honest. So kicking things off, I was given probably one of the most, I'm going to say one of the the original, one of the most famous, because I'd actually heard of it, musicals in history. That's a very high bar you are sitting right there. <laughs> See how much I don't know about musical theatre? I got handed Hello Dolly, the original Broadway recording. Well, for the original Broadway cast, which I didn't realise wasn't on Broadway until 1989. Is that right? Or am I wrong? No. No? 1964, mate. You're probably thinking of when the recording was remastered and re-released as a CD. I mean, there could have been a revival, but... Where would we be without Wikipedia? No. 95, it was revived. Revived in 95. So that recording was a remaster. It's a remaster. Okay. So there you go. Because I obviously went so far into this. I actually thought I immersed myself in this far more than I have anything else. But as it turns out, I failed at the first one. Yeah, I was quite impressed. Like, I'm not that stupid with the choice you gave me. (laughs) This is not my world. I went a bit hardcore. Good. I'm glad. I'm very impressed. A gold star to you. I watched the movie. I watched the whole movie. It's a long movie, over two hours long. So I wasn't kind of ready for that once when I sat down and thought, okay, I can punch this out. 90 minutes. Give it to me, Barbara. Because it had Barbara Streisand as Dolly. Huge cast. Yeah, Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau. Eileen Bredin, who I grew up with in the Picky Longstocking movie. I haven't seen the movie, but I love the books as a kid. Pippi Longstocking. Yes. Yeah, love the books. You know what? I've never read them, but I grew up with the movies. And even now as an adult, I still sing Scrubbing Day when I'm cleaning. And then when I go for a walk, I'm running away. I go, I shouldn't sing because I can't. But <laughs> the songs are just so ingrained in my head and... Mm. And Eileen Brennan was Miss Bannister in, in the movie. And, and she was also in Clue. Okay. Mrs. Peacock. All classic right. movie. Another one I haven't seen. Eileen Brennan. Who else? It had Michael Cormick. Michael Crawford. Some others do have him. Some others. Frank Spencer yep. and some others. And he was also him. Phantom of the Opera. He was in The Phantom. Yep, I do know that. Um, and Louis Armstrong had a bit of a cameo. Yeah, he released the um, Hello Dolly as a single. He did, yes. I think that might have had something to do with Barbara or... Somebody taking a role in the movie, or maybe it was the movie getting made. I can't remember the exact details, but his song had a strong influence over something. Yeah, okay. If you've got to remember back then, like in the 50s and 60s, Louis Armstrong was huge. Yeah. He was huge. Not only that, but musical theatre songs were were standards. Yeah. They became pop hits. They were re-recorded or just released in their original form. Mm. It doesn't happen as much now. These days, the songs are very story-driven. Yeah. 
yeah. very entwined into the story. As opposed to back then, they were standalone songs that you could separate and release as a single and sell the show. Even though Hello Dolly is very titular, it still works. It's actually a really good point um, that you bring up because listening to the original Broadway cast recording, you know, I just put it on for start to finish and I kind of expected to, because it's musical, musical theatre, I kind of expected to get yep. the story and follow and follow the story. Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell is this woman talking about ribbons down my back? What the? All right, I've got to call it there. I have no idea what's going on here. I'm gonna. And when I watched the movie, and then it made all, and then it all made sense. And so when I, after I watched the movie, and I went back and jumped on Spotify again, listened to the original one. It's like, hey, I know what's going on now. So, yeah, because it's not that sort of. I'm just gonna sing the dialogue, which some. Some musicals, yeah, I know, obviously you're singing the dialogue, but like you say, it's story-driven musical rather than um, standalone songs kind of tied together with a, yeah, with a little bit of dialogue. Look, that type of musical can often be quite polarising for people who do prefer the classic form of breaking to song and dance, not really related, as opposed to singing, they're like picking up the kettle and pouring themselves a cup of tea. <laughs> It's it does that. I you know. can laugh, but but there is a song lyric in a musical that is literally past the sugar, please. I draped last night, we flew to China. Mm. It is the greatest song lyric I've ever heard because it is so mundane. It is exactly that. I'm pouring a cup of tea and I had a dream last night. Like I get it. It can be polarizing sometimes. That could be a deaf leopard song. Come but on. pour some sugar on me, please. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not that far wrong. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Did I even say please in that or am I just being a total dork? <laughs> no, you just added you added the please in there because pour some sugar on me, please. I think, yeah, that might have been the extended version. They cut that out of the album track. Back to back to this movie. Back to Hello Dolly. Before we segue too far from Hello Dolly. Here's the thing, and this made sense after I watched the movie. I was looking at, not reviews, but little blurbs and whatever, and apparently, you know, Dolly's a matchmaker. She's Cupid. She joins the long line of theatrical and cinematic interpretations of Cupid, including Jane Austen's Emma, Cher from Clueless, and Jeremy Piven in Cupid. (laughs) Jeremy Piven is now Cupid. Okay. Yeah, don't remember the TV show Cupid? No. No. No one no. remembers the TV show Cupid except me because I have no life. Because you you're up at you were still awake at three AM on channel ten or whatever, just after it was right it came on let me guess, it came on right before um aerobics Oz style. No, this was prime time. It was oh Jeremy Piven, okay. Paula Marshall, ninety eight to ninety nine or something. Oh so long run. Yeah. Oh, well, it wasn't going to last, clearly. <laughs> it had something like 14, 15 episodes. And anyways, thanks to that, didn't we get Jeremy Piven in Entourage? So everything worked out in the end. Oh, and how good is that? The need to reboot Cupid. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say reboot Entourage, but I don't think it would work these days. I don't think you could out Jeremy Jeremy Piven in, in Entourage. That was Ari Gold was just next level, horrible, perfect. Oh, see, I never watched it. Oh, really? Okay. No, I have dignity. <laughs> yeah, as it turns out, I, I don't, and I still, I don't think I could go back and watch it. I think that's a that's one of those things you don't want to you don't want to revisit. But I, I saw it and I liked it. So and look, I watched the first season as I do with a lot yeah. of shows. But whether or not I continue after that is all relative of whether or not the first one kept me interested. But yeah, it was alright. Mm-hmm. It was what you expected. Like you hear an actor and his entourage mm. and. 
you can kind of write the story yourself in your head. So really. <laughs> Look, it kind of does. Yeah. I mean, it's, there wasn't much in it that was shocking. It might have supposed to be, you know, they wanted to be shocking, but I don't think there was a lot of shocking things that they did or got up to. It was just, you know, it's sleazy Hollywood. Predictable. You know, it's, yeah. And the movie bombed, so that should tell everyone everything. <laughs> didn't see the movie, but yeah, there you go. I didn't watch the movie. Neither did anyone else, and that's why it bombed. It's your fault. <laughs> it is my fault. I was too busy watching Hello, Hello Dolly. Hello Dolly, yes. Good. Here's, here's the thing about this film. Every guy in this film, now Horace Vandergelder, who in the movie was played by Walter Maddow, he's a dick. He is a massive, rich dickhead. Really disliked him. And the other male leads, they're just pathetic. Yeah, they're pretty dopey. I'm like, okay, blew my mind. You, you're kind of like, I'm 22 and I haven't kissed a girl. Are you serious? You said it like it's a bad thing. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I kind of like kissing girls. It's just, that's look, that's my thing. But on the flip side, there were so many really strong female roles in this. Yes, that's why I picked it. Obviously, Dolly was the other one. It was Irene Malloy, Minnie Fay, those, and they were the two. Yeah, they, they were fantastic. Honestly, I'm just thinking that the girls are just running this show. And that, and that was good. I like that I that story part of it. I actually liked it. The music, eh, I don't oh. know. Like a couple of songs got stuck in my head. The one about getting out of Yonkers when Cornelius is singing to Barnaby and saying we're going to get out of Yonkers, Barnaby. For some reason, that earwormed me for days. And they went down the street and got that picture took. <laughs> It's such an interesting. It's an interesting premise, but it makes it makes more sense now. Sorry to cut you off. Mm, cut me. Sorry. Off. Um, put on your Sunday clothes is what you're talking about. That was in the movie Wally. Wally. Oh, okay. Pixar movie because it's the only movie he has to watch. Hello, Dolly. I should pay more attention to Wally. It's so beautiful. That was the other reason why I picked it because Wally loves it, and I love Wally. I do. Look, I've seen Wally a lot of times, but there's obviously some. <laughs> There's there's obviously some details that I've completely missed. But having said that, I haven't I haven't seen it for probably ten years. But. That's the one movie that's gonna survive the apocalypse. Hello Dolly and Cher. Okay. I'm gonna go back and watch Wally again. Good. We should all go back and watch Wally again because it is beautiful. It is it was a great film. Even if I wasn't paying that close attention to it. But you know, I got the I got the vibe. Speaking of Minnie Faye, mm. in the recent Broadway revival, she was actually played by Beanie Feldstein, who is Jonah Hill's sister. Wow, okay. So there's a little bit of trivia for you that will go in one ear and out the other. There it is. <laughs> I don't get Jonah Hill at all. I'm sorry. How do I... Uh, I it's not really fair to rate this thing. I'm going to... Are we rating out of five or ten? Ten. We could do five. Like, here's, here's the thing. This is what I really liked about it when I put on my musical theatre hat, which I do not have. It's pink and glittery. There's... <laughs> Because the songs are kind of standalone, you could the song could come on and it's not like you've just been dropped into the middle yep. of something. If it's on shuffle, like you could listen to this, the original Broadway recording uh, on shuffle and it wouldn't really matter, yep. I don't think. Um, no, whereas no. if it was, you know. And yeah. I know that because that's what happened to me. <laughs> I didn't realize it was on random and hang on. Wait. Yeah. It was like four songs had gone by and the finale came up. <laughs> Here's the thing, actually, talking about that, when the song Hello Dolly came up, which is the 10th track out of 13, I thought that was the finale. And I will admit, when it came up, I do remember thinking, I thank Christ for that. This is done. And yep. <laughs> and then another one went, and I went, what is going on here? And I had to 
had to check and went, oh, okay, this, it doesn't finish with that song. It should finish with that song, but it doesn't finish with that song. I like that you um, mentioned the female roles because that was one of the reasons why I picked it because it does have so many strong female roles. And plus it's a comedy. And, and I know a lot of people today sort of talk about there's no good female, strong female comedy roles out there. Mm. And, you know, fighting that saying that women can do comedy too and women can be just as funny. And that's the thing, like these roles have always been there. You know, it was a huge thing, especially in the 60s leading into the 70s. Uh, And then we went through a phase of, you know, real epic dramas. And then, you know, in the 2000s, it was very much men. It was duos of men, like The Producers and Book of Mormon and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, there's been roles for women, obviously. They're legally blonde, hairspray, but there's not too much that has been a real strong, iconic female role in comedy, in, in an original musical in a long time. So, in a way, people are right, but those roles are there. But otherwise, we're just going to keep reviving those old roles in order to showcase the comedians of today or the funny actresses or those with good comedic timing today on Broadway. You know, back then they were vehicles for the Ethel moment, for Barbara Streisand, for Julie Andrews, for all of them. They, they were star-making roles. But now it's sort of, it's a lot of, you know, social justice stuff, which I, I get. The problem is that the comedy roles are now gone. So yeah, let's bring back the strong female comedy leads in musical theatre. Why not? Donnelly Levi is iconic to theatre. That song, as you say, you know it. People who haven't even seen the movie know the song. That's the power of of music. But of course, with all these strong female leads, there's a song like "It Takes a Woman," <laughs> which yeah. And and I've got to admit, when I started listening to that song, I just went, "Yeah, yeah, okay, we're we're stuck in 1960s on this one." But when you listen to it, you know, it's it's tongue in cheek a little bit, but it is it is still, even though it says it takes a woman, it is. The woman's still in the in the um in the powerful role of it. Obviously, having all those strong female roles, you're going to have a couple of guys with their old fashioned values and misogyny and stuff like that. But ultimately, the song is really saying that it takes a woman to do everything that a man can't do because he's too shit. I would know. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. it's saying it in a way that it sounds like they're saying it takes a woman to get in the kitchen and bake a pie, but there's a, a tongue-in-cheek quality to it, and that can't be overlooked, especially when approaching old comedies. But unfortunately, satire is dying. Yeah, it is. It is. And I don't think this is not one of those shows that you could pick the eyes out if if you were going to go full PC brigade, you know, start cancelling everything. I don't think you can pull anything out of this show to go. That's because overall, like you said, they're, they're all strong. They're all strong women. Yeah. The women all come out top in the end. You know, it's, yeah, it's actually... When you kind of think about it, 1969, it's a it's a pretty subversive story to tell. Even then, it was earlier because it was based on a play called The Merchant of Yonkers. It was a novel or something. Then it was turned into a play by Thornton Wilder called, um, oh, bloody hell, now I've forgotten it. The, the Matchmaker. The Matchmaker, yep. Thornton Wilder did Our Town, which is one of those. It's a very well-known show. It's just actors and a couple of chairs, and the audience is sort of part of a town hall. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Okay, yep. I tend to fall asleep during straight theatre, well, normal theatre. It's called straight theatre because there's no, you know, singing and dancing. <laughs> it's nothing to do with sexuality or anything like that. It's just straight theatre. It's not straight theatre and gay theatre. It's literally just musicals and straight theatre. It's not. That's how it always called it, but now I'm going to get in trouble because of the 
bloody times we live in. Anyways. There's no gays in my play. But I'll tell you what, some of the ones I've seen or forced to sit through have just been, even if they're really compelling, I've just fallen asleep. I really have. I, <laughs> I get so warm and comfy. In a cinema, there's no lights of the just emanating warmth off the stage, right? But I can stay awake. Occasionally I'll fall asleep if a movie is boring, but musicals, I can stay awake. But straight theatre, I I just get so warm from the lights and... <laughs> We, we are we are literally the opposite. I fell asleep Aladdin on Broadway. Did you? Oh, yep. Apparently, I snored. You know what? I would have punched you. I really <laughs> would have. Oh no! I see somebody on their phone, and I want to bloody throw it at yeah. them. If you were that sitting was... next to me snoring, I would have been like, yeah. "Dude, fucking wake up!" Oh, are we allowed to swear? I think we are. Yeah, I, I've already. I'm pretty sure I've already sworn on this one. So no, I think we're good with that. Yeah, I'll, I'll try not to say the c word. It was. Yeah, Aladdin on Broadway, it was like, it was all set up by someone else. So I didn't have a choice. And it was like, we're going to the Broadway show. And I'm grateful. And then it said, we're going to Aladdin. And it was just like, just anything else. Can we just do anything else? Really? That friend like me number was amazing. I think I slept through that one. There was bloody fireworks on stage. Soundgarden were playing Madison Square Garden at the same time, oh. so I was in. I was in. I was in a bad mood. You were chucking a trumpy. I was having a having a trumpy at a cartoon being you know sung on stage. So anyway, instead of your little rock band, yes, my little that little just that little rock band at, at Madison Square Garden. I'm on, I'm on Broadway with Disney for Christ's sake. With all those hundreds of people who put all those costumes together and sewn every oh. single diamante and painted every bit of the set and, and and timed the lights to the choreography and the sets and all the sets that move on their own and the fireworks. And the flying and, carpet. And the flying carpet that flies that you can actually see the strings. I was so disappointed. I wanted actual magic. <laughs> it was and I really saw strings. funny. We met we met the cast after the after the show. Oh, did you? Yeah. And and it was like, whatever you do, don't ask us how the how we did the flying carpet. We're not going to answer that question. And I was just sitting there thinking, dude, I saw the wires. It wasn't that <laughs> and I was half asleep. But anyway, they were they were they were a great bunch. And that's not like King Kong where you see the puppeteers because we meant to see the puppeteers right, like this yeah. was meant to be a flying carpet and i know everyone's gonna say oh, i'm king kong the musical is shit but i don't care i love king kong i was two rows from the front and he was looking right at me into my soul and that puppet <laughs> was absolutely amazing like the music was man it was all right but the puppet oh my god and that was worth the price alone anyways the point was that you could see the puppeteers there they weren't trying to be coy about it or you know Whatever. <laughs> Can see your hand up its back. And anyways, we're digressing from Hello Dolly. We cannot we talk about Hello Dolly without <laughs> addressing the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room? Yes, the corn story. What? Do you know the corn story? No, I don't know the corn story. Okay, well, anyone who knows anything about Carol Channing knows <laughs> oh, the God, corn okay. story. I had, to, I had to Google Carol Channing, but carry on. Okay, well, shame on you. <laughs> anyways... Now, apparently, this is a rumor. It's never been confirmed. You're going to get people on message boards that said, I was there, or a friend of my friends was there, and they said it was true. And it's all bullshit. It's all people just trying to get attention. Uh, But apparently, when doing Hello, Dolly, Carol, during the show, or maybe during the interval, I'm not sure of the finer details, but apparently, she went to the toilet and... Her mic was still on, and all anybody heard was Carol saying, Corn, I don't remember having corn. (laughs) And then a flush of the toilet. 
<laughs> oh, that is gold. And it is stuck. So if you hear anybody send up Carol Channing, they're always going to do the Quan. I don't remember <sighs> having Quan. And yep. you can just imagine it, like that voice coming across the theater saying something so ridiculous, something that everyone wants to be true, but whether or not it is, who knows? It was 60 years ago. There's no no live recording of it, sadly. That was seven years before you were born, so that's how long ago it was. The Dark Ages. And now I know who Carol Channing is because I had to Google it. And so. now you know even more about her. Yes. That she doesn't remember having corn. She doesn't remember having corn, but then who does? So. No, and I apologize for my terrible Carol Channing voice there. There's no way you can say that without doing the voice. <laughs> and Carol's a one of a kind, and I know we lost her a few years ago, and it's very sad by that. But we love Carol. Well, I do. I don't know if Gareth does. <laughs> I know who she is now. Look, I always knew who she was. I just didn't put the name to the face. And as soon as I saw the face, I went, okay, I know Carol Channing. So, but... And the voice. How could you not know the voice? No, I know. Yeah, it was that voice. Which Dolly did you prefer? <sighs> well. Carol or Babs? Do you know what? I actually think I prefer Babs. And Barbara Streisand fans will be very happy with that. Yep. I can't say I'm a Streisand fan. As in it's all about Babs, so no one else exists when it comes to Dolly. Um. But for everyone else, it's pretty much (laughs) 50-50. A lot of people say when it comes to original cast, sometimes you can't go wrong. Quite often the um, voices you grew up with, they're the ones that get stuck in your heads, the ones you get used to. Oh, one thing about Hello, Dolly is you mentioned how in that time it was kind of, um, didn't necessarily say groundbreaking, but However you put it, it was groundbreaking for its time. Not only that, but in 1967, the Broadway cast was actually replaced by an entirely black cast. Wow. Okay. I think it was 1967. There was Pearl Bailey as Dolly, Cab Calloway. And I can't remember who the rest of the cast were, but that think about it. That was only two years after Selma. Yeah, yeah that's pretty huge. Yeah. That is pretty huge. Like for something that is, anyone can look at that and go, wow, this is such a white musical uh, yeah, it pretty much is. But it just goes to show that this is what I love about theatre in that you can interpret things along the way. You can give a show to a different director, a different cast. And even in the UK, Danny LaRue, I think it yep. was a, a man, a drag yeah. queen, played the role. So it's just one of those roles that is basically, it's a starring role. Yeah, I did Google that. I When I was Googling, I found that out. 1983, Danny LaRue. And I went, okay. And then I clicked on Danny LaRue and went, yep, that's the Danny LaRue that I know. And okay, so there you go. So It shouldn't surprise anyone. That was my that was my adventures with Dolly, which has completely ruined my Spotify algorithm. And so when I when I'm getting when I'm getting suggested songs, it's um yeah, it's it's halfway between Hamilton and Judas Priest now. So yeah. That's where we're at. The intersection between Hamilton and Judas Priest. Your Spotify is just on brand. It is. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So it is on brand. My Spotify is now on brand. Mine's all filled with bird song. I need nature somehow. <laughs> So I'll close my eyes and pretend that I'm out in the forest. In fact, the first couple of months of lockdown, I was listening to streetscapes. Okay. Closing my eyes and pretending I'm in Israel or wherever. Just on a holiday. Just Israel, specifically? That was the first country that came to my mind. Okay. 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 It's funny because I've never been there. I don't know if I'd go there before I go to a lot of other countries. And I know that sounds anti-Semitic. Even though it's not, it's It's literally just not number one on my fucking travelogue it's yeah it's not high on my bucket list 
the US has slipped down on my bucket list. So there you go. It's slipping down very, very fast. You've been there though. I have, yeah. Uh, but I want to do the West Coast. But anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been there, done that. Why do I? Why do I care? I've been there, fell asleep on Broadway. I've done it all. <laughs> well, I've done Hawaii. Yeah, well, that counts. But I think probably we can say goodbye to Hello Dolly. I think so. Hey there. It's time to get popped on culture, the official Puzzle Hub pop quiz podcast. And welcome to game number five. I'm your new host, Matt Young. And for today's special theme, we're going to test your knowledge on musical groups, including bands, boy bands, girl groups, and vocal ensembles. Play against your friends or the clock and see how you go. All right, let's get into it, shall we? Game one, songs in the key of words. I'm going to give you three key words that appear within eight different songs. Pretty simple. If you guess the song correctly on the first keyword, give yourself three points. If you guess it on the second, give yourself two points, which of course means give yourself one for guessing it on the third and final keyword. So let's see how you go. Ready? First clue. Fantasy. Landslide. Reality. That was Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Second clue. Lights. Carrie. Home. Of course, that's all the small things by Blink-182. Next up, Valentino. Crystal. Italian. That's right, it was Manic Monday by The Bangles. I was kissing Valentino by a crystal blue Italian stream. Alrighty, fourth, picked, bunch, glance. I want you back by the Jackson 5. How are you going so far? Next up, lady, glitters, buying. A stairway to heaven by Led Zeppelin. Lonely, gazing, window. That one was a little bit hard for me, but that was Waterfalls by TLC. Here's our seventh clue. Walked, smile, cool. Of course, that was Stop by Spice Girls. And lastly, Honey, Bees, Envy. My girl by the temptations. And time's up. How did you go in that round? And be sure to check out our other shows on the Bloop Network, especially Thrash and Treasure, where you'll hear incredible interviews with genuine icons of stage and screen. So until the next game, I've been Matt, you've been popped on culture, and I shall see you next time. See ya! And bringing up Hawaii, which is a nice segue because it's a small island. And the one that I gave you all come from small island. Oh, you mean yeah. the album of which I have written a review. <laughs> I just want to go out there. I did not give this to you because I thought I'm really going to fuck with him. I actually gave this to you because oh, I... Oh, 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 okay. No, I didn't. 
I wasn't. So he who hasn't read my review yet is apologizing <laughs> already. I didn't do this to fuck with you. I actually, I this one came from the heart, but I also thought, okay, this will, this will, and I and I, I did this before I knew I was getting Hello Dolly because we don't know what we're getting week week to week. Yes, for the listeners at home, yeah. the host probably should have explained this at the start, yeah. and I meant to be the idiot sidekick. Yeah. Oh, there it is. We swap over CDs and torture each other with music. That's basically the premise. We're learning new words. So my friend Gareth here decided to give me an album called Two, which me being a moron saw Two and looked up Two and saw that it was a band from America. So I start like three hours of research <laughs> on this, this band and I'm coming up with all these segues and jokes and puns and fun stories and facts and things like that to do with this band. <laughs> Only to find that I should have just clicked on the link that Gareth sent me and I would have noticed the album is called Two and the band is called Alien Weaponry. So I'll get into my review, which is when I first saw the cover with the mask of Sauron on it, I knew right away they would be a New Zealand band, which is fine by me. But little did I realize that my oh so gracious co-host here had decided to force this pasty little white boy to listen to an album with deep, meaningful songs about rights and land rights and land right riots, knowing full well that this is not my type of music. Well, I, for one, am not as stupid as I look or sound. I will not fall for your dirty little trick, Gareth. I would not be that white boy who speaks ill of such important topics, asshole. So when the album started, I thought, cool. This is kind of trippy and weird in this opening overture. Maybe this won't be so bad after all. Then, once the album kicked in, with the second track, their single RuPaul Tijuana, or The Trembling Earth, which in Maori translates as Ruanata Fenua, which in English means Trembling Earth. Anyways, while the band opened the song with a traditional haka, I learned that Tafinua was about a riot from the 1800s in Toranga, in the northern part of the North Island. And I was like, oh my god, yay! We went to Toranga last year, and it was so much fun. We went to Hobbiton, of course, because who doesn't do that? And me and Mimi Kaka were so nerdy, we'd volunteered to run and shout, we're going on an adventure, like Bilbo did in the movies. And oh my god, I had the best KFC there. It had red onion on it, and it was delicious. Oh, and after we had gotten on the ship and returned back to the area a couple of days later, they were taking me to see some hot geysers. But I was so disappointed. All I got were some stinking steamy rocks. Boom, boom. But anyways, where was I? <laughs> oh yeah, track four started by this point and I had completely missed what was happening on the record because my holiday was too much fun. So then I let my Anya kitty cat in the room, but she had the right idea and ran away immediately <laughs> because my little vengeance demon has taste. <laughs> I did find that a number of the songs had stadium heavy sounds. One could very well picture thousands of screaming fans singing along to certain moments, especially those with strong social or political messages. And picturing a stadium filled with similarly dressed long-haired fans singing along to Alien Weaponry's debut album truly made me realise why I prefer a small, intimate pub gig. Mm, I can smell the beer-soaked ashtrays from here. Now that is music to my ears. All in all, I find two to be a terribly fitting title since I give it a two out of five. Wow. And Gareth gets an I'm on to you, boy. Wow. And you better be thankful <laughs> that's not a shinless list musical. <laughs> Shit. 
Look, I don't hate metal. I just can't enjoy it as much as I do something like punk or something like that. Something yeah. I can sing along to because I can't sing along to rah, 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 rah. So let's do a let's do a podcast that's fifty percent metal. That's hey, that's a good idea. Look, that's a challenge. That one was a challenge, and I wasn't. I knew it would be. I knew you did deliberately. Everybody owes me five dollars because I said he's done this deliberately to make me look like a bloody asshole. No, but I'm not that stupid, so I just talked about my holiday. So, also, yeah, I mean, also half of it's sung in Maori, so well, I did understand that obviously, but I did my research and I looked up what. Yep. They were about. I looked at the video clips. They got some they do have good some ones or decent ones, at least. Yep. A few cliches here and there, like flying rubble, you know, and shaky camera work and hair flowing <laughs> in the wind and lightning and stuff. Mm. The same things that keep popping up in every music video, basically. One of their videos in particular was a, a story about a chief who I think left New Zealand and went to England and returned with muskets or something. I don't know. That was a real brutal video clip. I think that might be in Rapatu, maybe, or Uruta. Yes. Either way, they got good production values behind them, and I was quite impressed with that. As much as I joke about New Zealand, I do love the country, and I've been there two or three times now. I've probably seen more of it than you have by now. You have. I was born there, and there's a reason I left. Oh, shots fired. Well, I can do that because, you know, much like being a ginger, I can make ginger jokes, and I can also do Kiwi jokes. Like, obviously, being Australian, we're going to make the oh. same jokes, the sheep fucking jokes, over and over again, but there are actually more sheep per capita in Australia than there are New Zealand, so so the joke is redundant, and it's just us being bastards. Is there a bigger cliche than an Australian getting deported from New Zealand for making sheep jokes. Probably not. An Australian getting jailed in Bali for drug smuggling. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, see, look, if you'd if, now if you'd have done that, you could be on TV now doing some kind of Oh, uh, people would buy me fucking novels. They would. They'd they'd buy you they'd they'd buy your book. Shit. You know, I'm glad <laughs> God. The fuck did we go from Alien Weapon? To you know who she's dating at the moment? Who? Not, not that I'm a gossip or anything. I who? really couldn't give a flying fuck who's dating who. But I was looking up Silverchair and she's dating Daniel Johns. Uh, which which is kind of weird because if you squint, Louis de Jong, the guitarist and vocalist for Alien Weaponry, he looks a little bit Daniel Johns. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's why yeah. I was looking them up. That's what happened. I, I thought, yeah, he looks like Daniel Johnson. I was happened to Silverchair, so I looked him up. I squinted my eyes and everything. I thought, dude, my eyes did keep going to Henry. Oh, he is a he's a good-looking rooster, um, isn't he? Yes, and let's move nice on. Guy. Move on. Okay. <laughs> I'm here to hate them. I'm not here to like them. He's he's too young for you. Anyways, I, I like my DILFs. You're about... <laughs> and also, I make it very clear that the issues they speak about, I am in full support of. Uh, look, and this that's the thing. I mean, if I was just going to totally troll you, it would have been something else entirely. But there's a strong social conscience in the album. They've got a strong message. That's good. And we can get that across to our listeners. And yeah, just make yeah. sure you guys pick up both of these CDs on Spotify or check them out, whatever. Check them out. Yeah. And if you don't know what the song's about, they've got subtitles in their most of their YouTube videos. English, yeah. Which is, which is kind of fun in English, yeah, because, I mean, some songs are in English, but a lot of them are Maori because the, the boys both speak Maori fluently. They went to a Maori school. So it's English is kind of their second language. Bit of trivia there. Oh, okay. The silver chair, the silver chair things, I, I see that because, I mean, honestly, these guys were like Henry and Lewis 
they were 10 and 8 and 10 10 and 8 henry was henry's the older one when they started the band so it's a little bit a little bit nuts and when i met them how old are they now um henry's just turned 20 and lewis this year lewis turned 18 so i saw them in pubs and lewis wasn't even old enough to be in there neither was nathan um which was a couple of years ago so when they when they toured australia yeah yeah i find that's coming oh yeah yeah and that's even coming in drag world or not necessarily strip clubs i hope Oh, <laughs> especially if their parents yeah. are there, because you know when young performers aren't hanging around with the bar with everyone, yep. they backstage or you know in a closet or something, whatever there is, and then they come out. They that's, perform. That's the thing. After the boys finished there, and I'm sure they did this on all the other gigs around the country, but I saw them in Perth. And after the show, they came out and went to the merch desk and signed merchandise and got photos taken, and and which was just like in the middle of the pub. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but they weren't drinking. But it's not like sitting at the bar talking to the bar flies. No. Like I was doing at 15, yeah. 16. <laughs> That's what we were doing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Back then, I had mohawk and piercings and... A ve- actually, very, very cool thing about that after the... And this happens a lot at their shows at the final song and they're saying their goodbyes. There was a spontaneous, in inverted commas, haka performed by the audience back to the band at the end of the song. And I actually got a short oh, wow. I got a short clip of it and I think I chucked it on Facebook or something. But it was like that's very, very cool. It was very cool. It's a sign of sign of respect and, and thank you for the boys. So yeah. Yeah. Well you'd hope it was not a bloody war hucker. <laughs> yeah, come at me, bro. Shit. Here's here's a thousand people. I want you Shit. you three boys down here and face us that's now. It. Yeah. You three schoolboys yep. yeah. go to bed. It should yeah, what's what's going on? Way past way past but your bedtime. Yeah, no, it's it's very cool. And this is their um this is their first album, their debut album. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a complete it wasn't a total troll. They, there will be trolls. Um yeah. I've got no doubt. But this was this this wasn't one of them. I'll be ready for them, don't you worry. I just wasn't ready for them in the first fucking episode. <laughs> you came to me and said, What am I gonna assault you with? And I had actually picked my number two C D. Mm. Like my episode oh, two CD for oh, number one because it's a personal favorite yes. and it's so good. Yes. And you were the one that said, "Are you ready to assault me?" So yes. I thought, "Hmm." I probably did. You yes. used the word assault, and I thought, "Hmm, okay. Well, he's asking for it, so I'm going to pick something that is going to drive him crazy and get stuck in his head, and not anything mm. he wants to listen to ever, and will be forced to." And yeah, and then you turn around with your fucking land rights and your land right riots and your race wars. And I'm like, what? No, you can't do that to me in the first episode. That's not fair. That's so mean. Okay, maybe the third episode? Sure. Fourth? Warm up a bit. So I've had to go through a list of musicals and it's game fucking on, Mole. I tell you that. Wow. All right. Good. Bring it on. Because there are some musicals out there about some very touchy subjects. So as I say, you are very lucky there is not a Schindler's List musical. (laughs) Or that would have been next. I'm just going to sit here and just shit on this fucking... Oh, my. my what, a, what is this thing about anyway? Oh, what? Okay. Oops. Yeah. Let's let's not do that. Let's not do that. No. I mean, there's musicals about AIDS. So <laughs> okay. I'll go there. Don't you worry. I'll go there. Game on, Mole. I'm, I'm looking at my list of what I've got coming up, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change a couple. But anyway, only, only, only just because. Because I think I went light on you a couple of times, so I'm, I'm going to change them. It's interesting that we both chose socially strong, completely different from opposite spectrums of the of, of the musical spectrum, opposite yeah. ends of the musical spectrum. Socially challenging, socially strong pieces of of music yep. to review, which is 
not which was not set up at all. No, because obviously we don't tell each other what we're doing. We don't. Yeah. Complete coincidence. So there you go. Yeah, it's funny because doing research and all that, I saw nothing about it being created for that purpose for any sort of social conscious or okay. any sort of feminist issue. But these days you see people getting into writing to push their yeah. political agenda, whether or not they're mm. correct or or whatnot, but it seems to be the driving yep. force of getting into art yep. to enhance their politics, to get it out there. And even then, a person could have zero political intentions, and yet their work is turned into something political by the audience who sees it as something political, whether or not it was or not. So I don't personally know if Hello, Dolly was political, unlike something like Hamilton, mm or hair, you know, they are political. They're very strongly, staunchly political. And also with Hello, Dolly, that they had that, or that they'll have colorblind casting or an all-black version to show, like, does it matter? Does it really matter if Dolly is black or white? And having said that, Dolly has always been black because Carol Channing is of African-American ancestry. Okay. Did not know that. Also, I haven't seen Hamilton yet. Oh, haven't you? I have. I'm not a fan. No. I love rap. No. I love hip hop, okay. especially 90s rap and hip hop, but like Salt and Pepper, that's my jam. Wow. Is that another podcast or not? That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other load of trouble <laughs> for me for daring to say that. And I swear it has nothing to do with Lynn Manuel Miranda blocking me on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what it was, but I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> I can understand Donald Trump or Kathy Griffin, someone who's <laughs> polarizing, blocking people, but Lynn Manuel isn't really polarizing. So it's more of a surprise, if anything. That polar- okay. Well, he sort of kind of is polarizing, especially on a political level. But, you know, people these days are kind of gravitating towards media and entertainment that speaks to them or re- reflects them. And, I don't know if I completely agree with that. I think that's a little bit misguided because you're sort of, you're missing out on seeing the world or seeing perspectives from other people's point of view if you're just looking for things that you agree with. And, you know, just watch what you want to watch, really, because the story is good and because it appeals to or it sounds fun or funny, that's my advice for anybody. But even then, watch things that don't appeal to you. That's the point of this show here. Sure. That's what we're doing. We're literally listening to stuff we, <laughs> that we wouldn't. No. I have no metal. Like, I have a little bit of Metallica, and that's about it. You know, unless you count things yeah. like The Who, which is not. You know, as a child growing up, my brother and sister used to listen to Metallica and Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue and Megadeth and Pantera. So... I grew up with that. I, I could probably sing along to a few of those songs today still because I heard them over and over again. I had to share a bedroom with my brother for at least four oh, yeah. or five years of yeah. my life. You know, but on my playlist, I've got Talking Heads. I've got The Clash. I've got The Who. I've got stuff that I can actually sing along to, you know? I've got a lot of 80s new wave. I've got, well, obviously a lot of pop and things like that. So this is about opening my mind to metal and we don't get to just, listen to five minutes and be like that's it we're done we have to actually dive into this and and learn what this is about and you have to do the same with musicals so of course you can imagine my reaction when i found out what these bloody songs are about (laughs) you and i'm like panicking and i'm saying to a friend of mine oh my god he is 
done this deliberately and she's you know really really left-wing so and i'm like oh my god what do i do and she found it so funny um but anyways i'm sure you can make use of all that i don't know if i can do that it's just the ramblings of a yep of a fool it um is. no proudly 100 <laughs> percent agree it's, it's a two-part episode that one anyway we probably should wrap it up because we i think we we just agree to disagree on everything every week on this show well, I think we both agreed that Hello Dolly is an important part of pop culture. Oh, no, I'm going to... Yes. Yes, we do. And But also having said that, Alien Weaponry and the message that they are getting across to their audience and now audience is important. So check them out. Yep. And when, you know, when Broadway opens again, go and see Hello Dolly, I guess. I don't know. Is it still playing? No, it's closed. Long time ago. Okay. There's, there's the, watch the movie if you've got two and a half yeah. hours of... On Disney Plus? It's on Disney Plus. Yes. What isn't on Disney Plus? Okay. Uh, speaking of which, you had a bombshell for us. Oh, now. yes. Okay. I want you to sit down. <laughs> uh Take a deep breath. And yes. you may need a cold shower after this. I am very ashamed of myself. But in the past couple of weeks of research doing this episode... While looking through a list of 19 different movie titles, I realized that I have never, ever seen a Barbara Streisand movie. Wow. Ever in my life. And I made you watch Hello, Dolly! at three hours long, and I haven't even seen it. Your homework is you have to watch Beaches. Oh, I don't know. I love Beaches. I've seen that like 50 times. Isn't that Barbara Streisand? That's Beth Midler. The fuck I know. Okay. Yeah, we've just gone from Barbara and Hello Dolly to Bette Midler and Hello Dolly to never go. seen a Barbara movie. So never seen a Barbara Streisand. Movie. Okay, I know I have to give up my LGBTQ card. <laughs> That's fine. The rainbow has faded. Wow. It is a deep shame of mine, but now apparently I have to go to the grave never having seen a Babs okay. movie because it is pretty funny. And everyone who hears it is like, What? You've never seen a Babs movie? No, sorry, I just what about Meet the Fuckers? No way am I seeing Meet the Fuckers. Meet the Parents was bad enough. <laughs> never seen The Prince of Ties. I've never seen What's Up, Doc. I've never seen Hello, Dolly. I've never seen oh. Funny Girl. I've never seen Yentl. Papa, Ooh. can you hear me? I have never seen Yentl. <laughs> I know about it. I know all about her. and I know all about her career, and I've seen live performances of hers. But no, I just... She's legendary. She's diva. But so it's not as if I'm an ignoramus or anything like that. I just never seen a Barbara Streisand movie. But now you have, and now I have, and 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 that was and that was off. That was of my own. That was of yep. my own volition. I just decided to. I decided to research the role, and the movie, uh, the the musical so much that I had to watch the movie as well. So well, yeah. I watched the video clips of Alien Weaponry. So yeah, now so, we're even. We've, we <laughs> no, that's not even. That's not even. You haven't watched the Barbara Streisand movie. That's not even. Oh. I mean, I considered it, okay. but as I say, I was looking through her filmography and hmm. nothing no. rang a bell, no memories. I think the only time I've ever seen her on any sort of film or TV that's not a live performance was when someone impersonated her on The Nanny. <laughs> Like, she was always bought out. Fran was obsessed with her, but I don't think they could ever afford to get her. So they got an impersonator, and that's literally the only time I've seen her. And I knew Barbara before that. I knew 
her songs and I knew, you know, people were obsessed with her and then doing theatre and stuff like that as I grew up and then the theatre crosswords, I'd learn so much and so much about her, especially a name would keep popping up, but I guess I just presumed. Yeah. I thought I must have done. I, I, no, sorry. I, and I thought I'll watch it after we record the episode mm. and then I thought, actually, no, maybe I won't. Yeah. Like. Nah, Maybe I will go through that. this live, never <laughs> having seen a Babs movie. But still, like you can't deny how talented she is. So that's on my bucket list now. Never watch a <laughs> we all need goals. Barbara movie. Never watch a <laughs> Yep. <sighs> that's a bombshell. I think on that note, we should wrap things up. We should say goodbye. And say goodbye to Hello Dolly and say goodbye to Alien Weaponry. Goodbye, Hello Dolly. And say hello to Alien Weaponry. And make sure to sign up for our Patreon at Blooming Theatricals and follow us on Twitter at Thrush and Treasure. Sign up for all. It's cheap and fun. And it pays the bills. I'll put some podcast stuff up on the Patreon, some bloopers and upcoming sneak peeks and things like that. But we will be back next week with a new musical and a new metal album. Oh, we should swap. Let's swap them. I'll go first this week. Yes. Oh, wait. Who went first last week? I went first this no, time. No, you did? All right. I'll go first this time. I'm going to give you a little show, and it is very little. It's very personal. It's called A New Brain. So maybe you might enjoy that more than... Hello, Dolly. Maybe, maybe not. Otherwise, where's the fun? <laughs> Let's hope not. All right. You're giving me a new brain. Just to make it clear, the original cast recording, Absolutely. not right. the 2015 revival. Well, whatever it was. Okay. Because apparently that makes a difference now. Because there is two. Oh, okay. I will dig into that for next week's show. And I'm going to pull this one out of somewhere else. Um, I'm giving you, it's a 2020 album release, Avatar Hunter Gatherer. And I'm gonna let you uh let you dig it dig your teeth into that and we can come back next week and discuss everything that's right and wrong in the world well let's just hope then they're better than their movie's sake there's no promises (laughs) (laughs) there's no promises there's no promises at all no promises at all i don't think there's any trees or tree analogies in in avatar hunter gatherer but hey i don't know you'll you'll find out you'll make your own judgment um hello hunter gatherer where do you think hunters gatherers do their huntering and gathering in the trees there we go okay all right on that note we will say goodbye and we will see everyone back here next week Shall I do you're with Gareth and Aaron or I'm Gareth and you're Aaron or... Um, no, you can introduce me. Okay. I'm, I'm, if you want to introduce me as your idiot sidekick, that's absolutely fine. No. Why not? Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm down with... Because the, ta- the tables might be turned halfway through it.